Hey, Border Fuel listeners. Before we start the show, I wanted to tell you why we chose to host Border Fuel Podcast on Anchor. If you haven't heard about Anchor, it's the easiest way to make a podcast. Let me explain. It's free. Two, there's a creation tool that allows you to record and edit your podcast right from your phone or computer. Three, Anchor will distribute your podcast for you, so it can be heard on Spotify, Apple Podcasts, and many more. Four, you can make money from your podcast with no minimum listenership. Five, it's everything you need to make a podcast in one place. Lastly, download the Anchor app for free or go to Anchor FM to get started today. Thanks for listening to the Border Fuel Podcast. Now, let's start the show. What is going on, everybody? You are back on another episode of Ballin' Over Beers. I am Justin Dupengeiser. I am joined, as always, by my guys, A.K. Howe, all the way in Maine, and James Fitch. A.K., what's going on, dude? Oh, not much. Uh, just been working the last week, getting everyone's power back on in Maine, and uh, getting ready to have a nice little conversation with you guys about some foosball. Very nice, very nice. James, what's up, brother? Thank you for your service, A.K., <laughs> I'm uh, I'm doing well. It's fantasy uh, fantasy playoff season, so I'm pretty pumped for that. Yes, it is, and there is a lot of interesting stuff to talk about as far as the betting, as far as the fantasy, DraftKings, season long dynasty, all that good stuff. And we're going to get into it right away here. And the first we're going to think we're going to do is we're going to talk about week four or week thirteen, um, and then we're going to get into the week fourteen stuff. Week thirteen, some interesting stuff. First Pittsburgh, first loss. It's something that if you listen to the show, yeah, I hope you tell us because they had a, a really nice, juicy money line that I know I was on and, and the guys were on. So, um, James, just kind of give me, what are your general thoughts? Do you think that Pittsburgh was exposed a little bit? And I know I know we could kind of all talk that there, there was definitely weaknesses in their, in their game um, and we thought Washington would be able to expose them. Yeah, I think so. Um, they've suffered some key injuries on the defensive side of the ball the last few weeks with uh, Bud Dupree uh, going out and Bush and um, Spillane, I think, was one of kind of the, their backups that was playing well. We saw him get hurt. So I think, unfortunately, for the defense, we're starting to see them soften up a little bit. And their their offense is so weird. I know I've brought it up before, but they just – certain games, they, they seem really out of sync. Big Ben just – he unfortunately has had a lot of drops on from, from from the wide receivers, and they don't have a running game right now. So I think they've something's missing there. They've got to figure it out. They certainly do. And, and you talked about the drops and not being able to run the ball. Um, those are the stuff that you pretty noticeable too. And I, obviously, we talked about how good Washington's defense was, and, and it really showed, man. They they couldn't do anything. Washington had some impressive goal line stands against him and then you just mentioned the defensive injuries ak with all that stuff going on do you think that the steelers are still the the second team in the afc or is is somebody unseated them i think they're still the second best team in the afc just because of uh, big ben's experience versus the other quarterbacks in the afc but i wouldn't be surprised if they lose in the first round that they play but like i said with big ben's experience getting the ball out of his hands quick. If his receivers can start holding on the ball, stuff might change. If James Conner can come back at any time, um, that might change a little bit for their offense. But right now, the AFC is Kansas City and then probably Pittsburgh and Buffalo that everyone else, in my opinion. So it'll be interesting the next couple of weeks to see how they progress on that defense with those injuries James talked about, though. Yeah, I, I would – kind of agree there and I think that we're going to get into it because Pittsburgh and Buffalo actually play this week so and I'm excited to talk about that game so we'll, we'll save that for when we get to it but um, another big matchup in the AFC this this past weekend was the Browns and the Titans and we've had a lot of conversations about kind of both teams on on this pod about are these teams for real are they not um, both teams have had some pretty ugly losses but then um, some good wins, and then the Browns come out, and they just absolutely roll the Titans. 
Do you think that this is kind of solidifying their place as one of the playoff contenders in the AFC AK, or was just kind of more about the Titans being frauds? Well, if you watch the game back, or even really just even look at the score sheet and stats, it's kind of a tale of two halves. The Browns came out in the first half, looked amazing. Second half, they looked like they did the previous couple weeks before that, and the Titans looked good, and vice versa. The Titans looked bad in the first half and good in the second half. So you kind of see both sides of that. Um, But going forward, I think the Browns are starting to click. The Titans are a solid team, and if Derrick Henry can get the ball rolling, I don't think there's many teams that want to face him in the playoffs if he can get the ball rolling. But it's it's going to be interesting going forward. If Baker can not turn the ball over, I think the Browns can play with anyone almost. That defensive line is pretty good. Miles Garrett's a freak. And they have some weapons on offense with Hunt and um, Nick Chubb there. They pound the ball. And if Baker just doesn't turn the ball over, like I said, they can almost play with anyone in the AFC James, do you think this was more about the Browns arriving or the Titans being frauds? I am not reading into this win too much for the Browns. I think what we're going to see and what we have seen so far this season is it really depends on the defensive matchup for them. I don't think Baker Mayfield plays well uh, against defenses that can get pressure uh, on him. Uh, you know, Teams that, that rush the quarterback and get to him quickly, I think he We've seen him struggle uh, in his career against those types of defenses, and the Titans certainly were not that type of team. So he had a lot of time to throw. He looked very comfortable in that game. Uh, so I, I do think that that was just a really a really good spot for him and for the Browns. So I, I think it's going to be kind of a week-to-week thing. It'll be interesting to see how they play against the Ravens on uh, this coming Monday. The Ravens' defense hasn't been... Uh, as good as of late, so that'll be a, a good game to, to watch. But I'm not really buying in too much on the Browns and the Titans. I've said earlier this season I, I thought were frauds, and they certainly don't have a defense there, so we saw the Browns take advantage of that. Yeah, and to your point, looking at the DVOA, they're, they're 28th overall in the league per DVOA for defense, um, 30th against the pass, and 15th against the rush. And Man, you could really see it. And, and Baker's obviously played in some pretty terrible weather games, but he hadn't played great all year, really. And he kind of went out there and tore them up in the first half um, and really explode, exposed that pass defense for, for the Titans. It'll be interesting to see moving forward if that's something that's going to continue to haunt them, which I, I'm sure it will because we're getting down to the point now where you're vying for playoff spots, and then if you get in the playoffs, man, Teams are going to find your weakness, and they're going to come after it hard. So um, speaking about weaknesses, the New York Jets had a pretty big one on the defensive side of the ball, and that was Greg Williams, and they decided to finally fire him, which it's it's funny that he's the first one to go on that coaching staff and not Adam Gase, who was equally as terrible. Um, but after their loss to the Raiders, where the Raiders needed a last-second touchdown to Henry Ruggs, where Greg Williams called, cover zero and blitzed everybody and terrible execution on the defensive side of the ball, but also just a really questionable call at that point. That was kind of the tipping point. Um, and he was fired. I don't know if I've ever seen a, it's tough to say now because I'm thinking in the last few weeks watching Anthony Lynn coach. So, but maybe, maybe that might've been the dumbest thing I've ever seen as far as coaching is concerned. James, you ever seen something that, that poorly done? Um, no, but I had the Raiders and Survivor last week, so I am super thankful that, uh... So you sent, you sent Greg Williams a present, huh? Yeah, I'm going to be. I'm getting a Christmas card for my family, for sure. <laughs> Not very um, nice. I, so conspiracy uh, theory that, that, uh, I, I've heard just through listening to some podcasts was that he intentionally played, or made that play call to basically tank Adam Gaze's season. Uh, Greg Williams has an 0-16 season attached to his name with the Browns, and uh, that he wanted Adam Gaze to have that too. Uh, so that's kind of one theory that I heard floating uh, around there. It could also be that Greg Williams just also did not want a second 0-16 season attached to him as a defensive coordinator. So a lot of people think maybe he did it on purpose for those reasons. Whatever it may be, it was, it was a stupid call. Uh, 
but I'm I'm glad that uh, that it happened. It's also good for our 0 and 16 uh, Jets bet, Justin. Yeah, that 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 was a that was the biggest thing for me. I was watching it and I'm watching the last play and I'm like, what are they doing defensively here? I'm like, they don't have like everybody back and they're not. I'm like, holy cow, they actually got a shot. And then sure enough, right over his head, touchdown Henry Ruggs. I was like, wow. Was it the same play twice in a row? They basically ran the same play. I feel like the play before and uh, Carr just barely overthrew the receiver. Yeah, exactly. He overthrew right? Oh, yes. Yeah, that's what it was. Okay. Yeah, but similar situation to the, to that point, you know, which is crazy. And then everybody talked about how, you know, Carr tracked into the max max protection, and then just because he saw the zero blitz coming, I don't know. That was just bizarre to me. Um, but he lost his job, and another player that lost their job this week was Carson Wentz, who was benched in Philadelphia. Um, and, and Jalen Hurts is going to be starting there. Ak. I'll go right to you. Do you think this was the right move for them to do in Philadelphia? Um, and do you think that Jalen Hurts is somebody that you could play in DraftKings? Or if you're looking for like a quarterback streamer, is he anybody that you can play? Um, but first, do, do you think this was the right move for them to do to bench Wentz? I'm torn here because I love Jalen Hurts. I'm a huge Alabama fan. I thought he was great. Um, character-wise for Alabama, his freshman year, he put up ridiculous numbers. Obviously, everyone knows what happened in the national championship game. But um, going forward, I was shocked when the Eagles drafted him in the second round just because of how much money Wentz has for this year and next year on his contract. And personally, I think they should keep going with Wentz. Um, His receivers are not getting open for him. His line is not that good. Um, I guess they're playing for the division if you want to consider that. So maybe Jalen coming in, being able to run the ball might help them a little bit. But trying to see what he can do this year, I just don't see what the future brings for the Eagles next year with that, just because of all the dead money he has. Um, Now getting to your point about draft games or even season-long fantasy, if you're that desperate for a quarterback, I think there's other options out there. I just don't think Jalen's arm is that good for the NFL. And I don't think he brings that much rushing upside like someone like Taysom Hill or Lamar Jackson would bring for you. Yeah, I think both those things are really fair. And if you're looking at him um, from a DraftKings or season long or anything like that perspective, um, he's only 5,100 on DraftKings. But he also is going up against the Saints, I believe, which is not a good matchup. Um, The Saints defense has been absolutely on fire as of late and speaking of that james the four packs were on fire this week for us we're back baby we are back we are back why don't we go right through that james i'm gonna let you start because you were four and oh go for it yeah never a doubt technically i was five no and i'll tell you why so i picked the bills versus the 49ers never a doubt uh the bills just had a rough start getting stopped on uh, fourth and goal there and then uh, just a stupid penalty that kind of shifted the momentum there early on. But after that, they were just on cruise control. Uh, so it was a good win there. Uh, took the over in the Rams-Cardinals. That was uh, an easy win. Colts minus three and a half versus the Texans. I think we all had that one. Uh, and I think we were all biting our nails a little bit. That one was kind of back and forth, but they pulled through. And then... I say it went 5-0 because I think at the end of our, our pod last week, I, we were talking about the Washington game and how if that is at 7 or more, I was going to switch my pick out from the Browns game to the Washington game. So didn't matter. Got both of those right. I did uh, officially on the show take the Browns plus 6. Uh, so whether or not you give me credit for the Browns or the Washington football game, uh, I still went undefeated. So that brings me to 23-20-1 on the season. Just just a hot fire weekend, guys. Just couldn't get anything wrong. Love it. AK, you were also on fire. Three and one for you. Why don't you recap yours? Yeah, I went three and one. Uh, I had Green Bay minus eight and a half. Uh, thank you, Aaron Jones, for breaking that 77-yard touchdown run after the Packers allowed a stupid touchdown. Indy minus three and a half. They covered. Um, Washington, I said on the show anything over seven i'm gonna hammer and i think i got him at eight and a half which was nice i uh, had those all three of those teams in a nice three-team parlay and had them all paired up 
in two-team parlay, so I had a nice little bet in weekend there with those. But um, I also had San Francisco plus one and a half. They did not show up. I regret that pick all week before that. I was talking to Justin about how I love the Patriots, love the Patriots, love the Patriots, and I switched. But whatever, I went three and one, um, coming back on the season strong and going to keep going, winning the rest of the season. Absolutely, yeah, that's a that's a good week right there. I also went three and one, um, with my only loss being my Kansas City Chiefs, who should have blew this Broncos team out. They had multiple chances in the red zone. They had two touchdowns from Tyreek Hill that didn't count. So I, I should have got that win, but didn't. That's how it kind of goes. I had the Washington money line. Um, went with that one. Got that W. Like James said, the Colts minus three and a half. We got that one, and then like AK also had Green Bay uh, minus eight and a half. Um, over the Philly and thank you Aaron Jones once again so but that gave me three and one and I am 21 21 and two so couldn't couldn't be more 500 couldn't be more average on the year but I'm glad to be bounced back after the past few weeks we had so I'll take it and uh, we're gonna keep it going we got we got some great games on the slate this week we actually have four we're gonna talk about um, and they're all in the AFC and we are gonna start with a huge matchup with the Buffalo Bills versus the Pittsburgh Steelers. Um, most of you are going to see that game um, where it came out, and it was Pittsburgh being the favorites. We're actually on the books we're looking at right now. Buffalo is now a two-and-a-half-point favorite, and the over-under is 46-and-a-half. James, we'll go to you for this to start. What are you thinking about this game? Yeah, um some really interesting line movement. I, I talked to you guys yesterday as, as Buffalo was a slight underdog. I think it was, it was probably only at one or one and a half yesterday, uh, Buffalo being the underdog. And I had texted you guys and said, I wouldn't be surprised if you see Buffalo as a favorite come Sunday night. I did not think within 24 hours, it would flip this much. And you see Buffalo as a two and a half point favorite right now. Um, I think that's probably a bit of an overreaction to Monday night's game, both games, I should say, with Pittsburgh losing and, and Buffalo winning. Um, I see this game as probably should be more of a, a pick if anything. So I think values on, on the Pittsburgh side from a betting standpoint, I think it's going to be a good game. Uh, Pittsburgh should be getting James Conner back. So they have not had much of a run game. They've struggled there. So you may see Connor get a little bit more uh, of the workload and you probably won't see Ben Roethlisberger throw the ball 50 times again this game. So uh, we know Buffalo's defense is a little bit uh, or can be a little bit exposed uh, to, to the run. So it'll be interesting. I, as a Bills fan, do think Buffalo has a good chance at winning this game. Um, I do think this is a great teaser spot for Pittsburgh uh, getting plus two and a half. You can take them up through the key numbers and get them, you can get an 11 and one team at a eight and a half plus eight and a half. So I think that's a good spot there. Yeah. I like a lot of what you said right there, especially the teaser part. AK, do you have, you got a lean in this game? At first, when I looked at the line yesterday, when I saw how Pittsburgh getting two and a half, I thought that was going to be a hammer bet. But the more I think about it, I just got to stay away from it. The bills have been playing really good lately. And I mean, we talked about a little bit earlier with Devin Bush and Bud Dupree, both out, the Steelers' defense has gotten a little weaker, I guess. All they really now have is uh, T.J. Watt rushing the passer. And unlike the Steelers, the Bills have some good receivers. And <clears throat> Diggs and a little flip, Cole Beasley, the rapper out there, uh, I think he's maybe the most underrated receiver in the league right now. I could see it going either way. I'm leaning towards the Bills, but as of right now, I'm staying away from it. Is that a hot take, Justin, that AK just laid down? Pittsburgh's wide receivers aren't good. That's pretty hot. I would say it's pretty hot. I would say that they're... They're not good. They're putting a lot of balls lately and letting the team... It's not that they're not good. It's just they haven't been playing up to their standards what they should be. Yeah. yeah, I I don't know. Do you, what are your thoughts, Justin, on this game? Um, I'm I, I'm actually going to have this game in my four pack. I'm going to take Pittsburgh. I think the biggest point to me, and it's more of just a play on the line than it is anything. I think these, like you said, James, these, these teams are pretty even. Um, I think it could go either way. But if I'm going to get two and a half points for 11-1 football team, I'm going to take it. Um, I even thought about sprinkling the money line 
on this one. I think that, like you said, it's a huge overreaction between um, two nationally televised games with Pittsburgh losing to Washington in a very bad matchup, uh, I thought, for them. And then, you know, the Bills coming out and kind of having their way with the 49ers. And I, I, I don't – and I'm very confused on this, and I'm not trying to discredit the Bills in any sense in this because they looked they looked outstanding. Um, you know, I do – my power rankings, and that'll be out tomorrow for, for Border Field Sports to make sure you go check those out. And I have the Bills as the fifth best team in the NFL right now, so I'm not discrediting, discrediting them there. But I, I I don't know where all this love for the 49ers and, and thinking that they're so great is coming from. Um, they're, you know, they're a five-win football team that didn't have their two best players in George Kittle, George Kittle and, and the Bosa, and that they were also playing their fourth-string nickel corner, and they didn't have their starting quarterback, and – you know, they, they really have, what, almost 20 players on, on IR. So, I don't know. Like I said, the Bills did what they were supposed to do against a team like that. They took care of business and they looked good. But it, it's not something where I'm, like, thinking to myself, wow, that's, you know, they just beat, they just, you know, they just beat a New Orleans Saints team, you know, or something like that. that they're not, you know, it's a five-win football team that they beat with, with 20 guys on IR who are missing their best players. Um, and they looked good doing it. So, you know, they did what they were, they did what good teams do. You put, you beat, you beat up on bad teams. So, um, but I, like I said, it's the points. I like the points. It's a play on the points. I think that this game shouldn't be much more than a pick em, like you mentioned, James. So I'll, I'll take the points on an 11-1 football team and a bounce back spot after a tough game, you know, against Washington. So. I do think Connor coming back will, will help them quite a bit. I don't think they want Roethlisberger throwing the ball 50 plus times a week. Um, and again, I, I think Buffalo's run defense has been exposed this season, so I think that could be kind of a, an equalizer for Pittsburgh. Yeah, no, I, I, I agree. And we've seen, like you said, Buffalo um, struggle a little bit against the run, but I do think that Buffalo is, too, getting a little bit more healthy. Milano being back help, helps them. He's been on a pitch count the past few weeks, so he, he helps that run defense a little bit. Um, but I do think that the biggest advantage that the Steelers will have is whoever, whichever receiver they put up against Levi Wallace or whoever is in at that second corner spot. It's been a weakness for Buffalo all year where they've really struggled. So I, you know, I, you saw against the Niners, even Brandon Ayuk, he had a few plays late and so did Debo Samuel lining up against, um, that second corner. Obviously Trey White is who he is and he's outstanding, but it's tough, you know, if White follows, whoever say he follows Deontay Johnson well okay then you got Juju and, and Claypool on the other side still to, to defend so it makes it difficult obviously having those three receivers in, in in Pittsburgh um so that's why I'll go with them and keep them in my four pack but another big game in the AFC is the Indianapolis Colts and the Las Vegas Raiders this is a pretty big game as far as um seedings concerned both teams uh, are towards the bottom in that in in the playoffs uh, the Colts are two and a half point favorites, and the over under is fifty one and a half. And we'll start with you this time, AK. Um, I know you love the city of Las Vegas. Do you also love the Raiders in this game? Well, I need another win for the Raiders to hit on my um, over under season that I have on them over seven wins. I don't think it's happening this week. They've looked pretty bad the last three weeks. They should have lost. Jets if it wasn't for Greg Williams going out on this sword blitzing 14 guys when you only play 11 somehow and I just don't think Philip Rivers is going to turn the ball over I they're starting to run the ball good I think the Colts cover here the Raiders they just I love them I love the city I love everything about them I, I just really don't see them covering James what about you so this line's at three now, um, which changes things a little bit. I, uh, I I don't know which side I'm on. Um, I think this is a points fest, so I've got the uh, the over in this game in my four pack. The Colts' offensive line is a little bit beat up, uh, but the Raiders aren't a team that are known for getting to the quarterback and, and creating pressure. Uh, Jacobs uh, on offense, uh, I'm not sure what his status is, but if he's going to be out, they're probably going to be throwing the ball a lot. So I see this as a, an over game. And speaking of AK, you talked about having uh, a bet on the win total. Did you guys have uh, any bets on the Buffalo Bills win total this season? Yes, we did. Yeah, I have I have under nine and a half. Nine and a half. Did, what about you, Justin? 
I can't remember. I'd have to look up. I don't think I have it pulled up right now. What I had it at. I want to. Eight and a half, Justin. Eight and a half. That's what I was gonna say. So that's a that's Darn. a that's a shucks. That's a big L. That's all right. <laughs> I'll take I'll take the L on that one. They uh, they have obviously proved myself and a lot of people wrong and what they were gonna do this year. So kudos to them Just for that. Thought I throw that in there. Everybody everybody's drinking that process over in Buffalo. They can't get enough of it. You have to. Yeah, to you gotta. It's like wings. It's you drink the process and you eat the wings. Um, Indy. I I I think I would lean Indy in this game, and I think it's a lot of it's because of the way that they want to control the game with the run. Vegas is thirty first against the run in the NFL per DVOA, and if they can, I I feel like they're going to to smash the football down their throats if they can do so and control the football game that way. Jonathan Taylor has looked pretty good the last two weeks, having 90 rush yards. I also like Jonathan Taylor a lot on, on DraftKings this week. He's at a good price at 5800 I want to say, um, off the top of my head. So I like him for sure. But I, I'm not going to – this is this game's not going to be my four-pack. I do, I do like it, though. I do kind of like the Colts in this one. Um, but I think that if I had to do anything, that would be it as far as that game's concerned. But right now, not in my four-pack and not a play. Um, if we keep going, another big game in the AFC. It seems to be all the good games are in the AFC and none in the NFC this week. It's crazy. But the Ravens and the Browns. So Ravens are it's only... Like the whole season. <laughs> yeah, right, exactly. Considering there's only like two and a half good teams maybe in the NFC right now. Um, yeah. You consider the Seahawks maybe the half of a team, the, the Bucks maybe a half of a team. I don't know. But... Ravens Browns Ravens minus one and a half Browns um, coming off the big win totals 45 and a half which seems extremely low for the over under I, I did I re, did I mistype that is that really what it is Checking. okay 46 and a half right now and a half, yeah. yeah so it's up 46 and a half but that's geez that seems low too I can see this game being a shootout I I, I like the Ravens in this game um, I don't think that defensively the Browns are great against the run and we just watched you know Lamar take care of business and look more like the Ravens offense granted against the Cowboys but I think that they still should be able to run the football on them a little bit um it's whether or not you know Baker's going to be able to make some plays in the past game which um against this defense I'm not sure he's going to be able to do so I like the Ravens kind of big in this spot to be honest um could could be could be in my four pack. Um, they're not right now, but they definitely could be. James, what are you thinking? Yeah, so the rate uh, this one's changed too. So this one's down to minus one. Um, so it's been bet down a half a point. I don't really have a strong feeling on this game. I I kind of like your point about the total. Um, the Ravens' defense just isn't the same that it's been historically. Right, that we always see low point totals in these key AFC North matchups and. This season, the Ravens' defense just has not lived up to their reputation. The Browns' offense, we know, is, has been humming. Um, so I think I like the, the over on that. Um, but if I were to lean towards the side, I'd probably go with the Ravens. It just feels like, like that team's too good. There's too many skill players to not see them go on a roll at the end of the season here, and I, I feel like we could see that. So um, I'm going to, I guess, lean towards the Ravens' side. James, or AK, we got two on the Ravens' side. Are you going to make it a third or no? I'm leaning towards the Ravens' side. Um, my biggest question mark with the Ravens, though, is why doesn't Dobbins get more touches than he does? Uh, Mark Ingram, should, in my opinion, should not be seeing the field. Dobbins is by far their best running back, and I think it, he makes their offense more dynamic when he's out there. Uh, I don't trust Lamar with his arm. Never have. I mean, last week he threw, what, 17 passes? So if it comes down to them having to make some throws at the end of the game, I could see the Browns squeaking out a win. But I think the Ravens pound the ball early with Lamar and Dobbins and get up, and Baker's just not going to be able to bring them back. Yeah, I tweeted that same thing out watching that game. Every time you saw Dobbins in, he just looks so much more explosive than any of those guys. So I, I, I don't know why. I mean, I guess they just love the committee because even Gus Edwards still gets a ton of touches. So Yeah, I was going to say, they've got four ball carriers with Lamar, Gus Edwards, J.K., and Mark Ingram. It's just it's tough to get the bulk of the workload in that type of environment. 
it's a it's a fantasy nightmare is what it is if you you it's like you can't you don't want really any piece of those running backs because you'd have to guess every which every week which one would would it be and I don't know how you would be able to tell because you really don't know. No. Question for you, Justin, since you've coached in college and everything, does that hurt your running backs when they kind of don't get in the rhythm of the ball game, only playing a third of the snaps and only getting 10, 11 touches in the game? Or at that level, doesn't it really matter? I think it depends on the back because I know there there was, there had been, you know, because I did coach running back too. I know that there was a few guys that said that it's really hard to get a feel for the game and what's going on. You know, if he's, they're like, if I get two carries and I come out right away, I'm just starting to like get a, get in a groove and feel a rhythm and kind of get a sense of what the defense is going to do and how they're going to react. So it definitely does affect some guys. I think that maybe at the NFL level, um, maybe less because these guys are just such good athletes and they've been doing it for so long. But I definitely think that, you know, some guys, they get better with the more carries they get. And, and I don't know if you can, uh, if there's any way to prove that. I think it's just more of a, a, a person by person case, really. But, um, Next game, last game we're going to talk about in the AFC is the Chiefs and the Dolphins. So the Chiefs are seven-point favorites, and that total over-under is 49-and-a-half. And, James, do you have um, a lean either way on this? And the reason I kind of wanted to talk about this game is because I want to go back to that Patriots thing because Patriots won again. Now, Dolphins, they, they obviously ended up pulling off a win against the Bengals, but it wasn't a pretty one. They could trip up here, you know. If if the you know what somebody's gonna lose in that in that Raiders Colts game, um, which could help the Patriots. The Browns could end up losing, or the you know the Ravens could end up losing, which could help the Patriots playoff pitcher. I don't know. I did see that they actually that bet did drop too. It was plus five twenty a week ago, and now it's plus four ninety for the Patriots to make the playoffs, which I thought was pretty interesting. But, yeah. um, anyways, Ravens Dolphins. James, what are you thinking? Chiefs Dolphins. Yeah, what I say, Ravens. Yeah, Chiefs Dolphins. Uh, I don't know. Um, if it were still at seven and a half, the Dolphins side would be a little bit easier for me to go with, and, and the only reason is it's just a well-coached team. You've got the Chiefs traveling to Miami. Um, any sort of travel in the NFL, I, I think, is is especially in the COVID uh, COVID era, is probably a little bit of a, a big deal, but. The Chiefs just aren't covering, and I, I don't know why. Um, I think the Dolphins' defense is good. Their offense is kind of meh. I, I think their offense this season is a little bit better with Fitzpatrick behind uh, behind the center, but I don't know. Push comes to shove. Uh, at seven, I'd probably go with the Chiefs, and I, I just you can tell I don't feel very confident about it. The Chiefs win this game, I, I think, hands down. I I don't think that's a question, but I, I just, they haven't been covering and uh, I, I don't know that they'll cover the seven here. So I, I think I like the total a little bit more, 49 and a half. Um, well, you, you were kind of talking me off of that, Justin. I think initially like we were thinking, why not go over? But um, I don't know. I just, I really don't have a feel for this game, I guess. Yeah, we were talking kind of before we went on the air here and we were both kind of like, man, that 49 and a half looks pretty enticing that I'm, Looking at the numbers for, for both teams, and Kansas City is only 5-7, and seven, 42, per, 42% covering the over, and the Dolphins are 4-8, and eight, only 33% covering the over. So it's like, I, that, doesn't make, does, that doesn't make me feel very confident in betting that, that over either. So um, I, I think that if I had to pick, I'd take the Chiefs in the 7, I don't, or lay the 7. I don't, I don't mind that one bit. I think that they, they could end up, uh, you know, routing this team. I don't think that the the offense scares me that much with Tua. He doesn't seem to push the ball down the field um, very much this year so far. They do have some nice weapons. You know, Devontae Parker is a good football player. Mike Gusecki has been picking it up as of the last couple weeks, which I'm sure you're super, super pumped about, James, after watching him do nothing for the first Ugh. 10 weeks of the year. <laughs> um but he's dead to me. Yeah, I know. I know. He absolutely murdered you the first like 10 weeks of the year doing absolutely nothing. Um, but in miles Gaskin, he's a tough, he's a tough running back. And, uh, he's actually somebody too, that in DraftKings I like a lot because he just gets so many goal line touches. I do think the dolphins will score. I don't think the chiefs defense has been like world beaters by any stretch of the imagination, but you know, I'm, this game is not going to be my four pack, but push comes to shove. I'm taking, 
taking the Chiefs and laying the seven. Uh, AK, what about you? The Chiefs played pretty lousy last week. Sorry, Justin, but they did. Um, they've been it's okay. I know. Strong running teams so far this year. Uh, they've been vulnerable against strong running teams. I don't consider the Dolphins a strong running team. I like what Gaskins has been doing, but I don't think he brings fear in anyone's eyes in the NFL. And with two enough all down the field, I think that you can bring your safeties up a little bit more, which will help the Chiefs stop the run. And I think one of these weeks, hopefully it's this one, Mahomes gets it going and they they light it up. And I think the Chiefs do cover, and I think the Chiefs win by at least two touchdowns. Yeah, I mean, I could definitely, I definitely can see that. Um, the, the the Dolphins do have two good corners, two in Xavier Howard and Byron Jones, but they are extremely susceptible in the slot. And with the amount of weapons that Kansas City has, it really doesn't matter. Like, I don't think that Tyree Kill is a good matchup for any corner in the NFL, just because of his athleticism, athleticism and speed, and his ability to can, catch contested balls. And then Travis Kelsey has been eating pretty much everybody alive this year. Um, and then you add in Sammy Watkins, McCole Hardman, you know, in the slot, they have they have serious weapons. So I think that they're going to be exposed. The Dolphins are in the slot um, quite a bit the, this week. And, and just you know, Andy Reid, he calls in game plans as good as anybody in the NFL. So. Um, I'll go through my four packs to start real quick, guys. And I'm going to start in a game that we didn't talk about on the NFC, and that's Green Bay versus Detroit. Green Bay is seven and a half point favorites. I don't, I don't like the number, but I just think Detroit is just not good. Um, I think that Green Bay should be able to control the ball without whatever they want. Detroit's defense is terrible. Their corners are terrible. Devontae Adams could have a monster game. Aaron Jones could have a monster game because they can't stop the run. They can't stop the pass. So it doesn't doesn't really matter. They Detroit even might score a little bit. I, I could see, you know, them slipping, but I don't know if Kenny Galladay's gonna be back. He still isn't looking great. In practice today. Yeah, so I don't think he's gonna be back. DeAndre Swift is still coming back from a concussion. Um Gimme Green Bay and Aaron Rodgers. And then for my next one is the Washington football team, who are three point underdogs coming off of that big win against the Steelers to the 49ers who are the three point favorites who just got trounced by Buffalo. I just, I, the line's wrong. Like to me, that line's just flat wrong. So I'm taking Washington plus three in that one. Again, I don't know how, if Mullins is playing quarterback, I don't know how the 49ers are going to score. Um, obviously we saw the 49ers defense get exposed a little bit now I think Alex Smith and Josh Allen a little bit different in the fact that Alex Smith is way better. So I would expect a lot of yardage from Alex. No, I'm just playing. Um, I love Alex Smith, but he's uh, he's a warrior out there. But he um, he he is what he is at the quarterback position. So, but they scored enough points against a Pittsburgh defense who is considered the best in the NFL. I think they'll be just fine against the 49ers. Give me the plus three and the footballs. Uh, Pittsburgh, oh yeah, the fighting footballs, baby. And uh, Pittsburgh plus two and a half talked about that game. And then the last one is the Saints minus seven and a half. Saints defense just balling right now. We It's down to seven, I guess. It's minus seven. But they're playing the Eagles. We talked about Jalen Hurts. He's a rookie. He's getting to start. The Saints defense has just been killing everybody as of late. I can't imagine a rookie in his first ever start is going to go in there and be able to play effectively. Um, there were rumors that Breeze might – be coming back, but I think you said, James, that he did not practice or something today. Um, I keep talking. I'm going to look it up on Rotor World. I saw something that he was trending towards not playing this week. Okay, yeah. So I know those rumors were f- floating around, but either way, whether it's Breeze or whether it's Taysom Hill, I, I, give me the Saints minus seven. Um, AK, why don't you give us your four-pack? I am going with the Colts minus two and a half. Talked about it earlier, so I'm not going to go into it deep here. Uh, my next game, I'm going to the Rams minus five. Uh, all the Patriots can do is run the football. The Rams have a good um, rush defense, and I think they're going to be able to play from ahead. So I'm not really trusting Cam Newton, and I don't trust that the Patriots are going to score special teams and defensive touchdowns again this week. So I think the Rams cover the five. I'm going with the Titans minus seven and a half. Kind of Along the same lines, the Jags pretty much like to run the ball with James Robinson. And I think the Titans are going to get ahead in this game. 
and I just don't think the Jaguars are going to be able to score enough points in the end of the third, fourth quarter to cover. I think the Titans would buy double digits. They came back strong last week, like I talked about last week or earlier tonight. And um, my last game, I'm going to the Giants plus two and a half. I know that Arizona is this pod's cast. When I say this pod, I mean you're Justin's team. <laughs> no, I'm uh, I'm off them. I'm off them now. I'm I'm a, I'm I'm a full Washington football uh, the fighting footballs stand now. So yeah, yes. <laughs> Murray hasn't looked good. I think he's more hurt than they're leading on to us. The Giants have been playing actually really well on defense. Wayne Gallman is he's looking like a pretty solid running back out there. Obviously, he's not Barkley, but he's playing well for him. And I think the Giants are going to win this game outright. Very nice. James, why don't you give us yours? So, sprink, or, uh, I was going to say sprinkling. I want to sprinkle some money lines. Um, cir- circling back to the Saints game, Justin, you can actually get him at 6.5. So, you probably you probably want that, right? Yeah, absolutely. Yeah, that's been bet down a point today. I don't know what's going on with that one. Um, Breeze, according to Roto World, Breeze is progressing well but won't practice much this week. And he's probably targeting a week 15 return. Gotcha. So that'll be Taysom then. Yeah, that's where it's trending. Um, I talked about the Colts Raiders over 51 and a half. I just think that's the points fast. Raiders defense, not good. I think the Raiders are going to have to throw the ball a lot in this matchup uh, to keep up with the, the Colts. So I like the over 51 and a half there. I'm with Justin on the Washington footballs plus three over San Francisco. Uh, Justin, are you going to sprinkle a little on the money line this week as well? I, I am, and I'm actually going to do, I think, a Pittsburgh and Washington money line because you can get that with those two teams at, at five to one, which is just, yeah. I told you, we texted a little bit earlier, and I just, it's not even, both of these teams could lose, but the, the I just think the lines, it's a play on the lines. I To get five to one with those teams, I'll take it. Mm-hmm. Yeah, so for Washington, um, I think Gibson's going to be doubtful uh, for for this game. But I, I think um, the 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 waiver wire pickup of the week is going to be Peyton Barber. So you're gonna you're gonna see him be the primary back there. But uh, I think we'll see Logan Thomas uh, to to have a, a good game again. Hopefully this week. So I just like the matchup there. I think Justin said the lines just flat out wrong, and I agree. Um, so give me Washington and the points. Uh, I don't love this, uh, but I'm going to go with the Falcons on the road versus the Chargers minus two and a half. Uh, getting them under a field goal, I like. I'm basically just betting against Anthony Lynn at this point. I think we're going to start to see that team give up on him. He was it two weeks or last week. He basically told them they're they're out of the playoffs. I mean, what head coach says that to their team? Did you see what their he special teams? Did you see what he did you see what he said today? Something about Pearl Harbor. I didn't want to read the quote. I, just, I knew I was going to cringe. So yeah, it was real cringe. He could basically compared like the team and how they're losing to Pearl Harbor or something like that. And I don't know. It was bad though. I, I don't know how had, you. I don't know how you do that. They had Anthony Lynn take over some of the special teams' responsibilities, and look what happened. I think they had like three or four punts where they had ten guys on the field. Uh, one of them. They got a penalty for 12 men on the field, so that gave New England a first down. And then they got the stop, and after they got the stop four plays later, they had 10 men on the field. Uh, so that special team, the whole team's just a mess. I mean, Herbert's good, but other than that, I, I think the season's over for them. So I think uh, we've, we've seen the Falcons play a little bit better with, with their coaching change. So give me the Falcons minus two and a half. And my fourth pick, I'm going to go with under 47 in Seattle uh, versus the Jets. I just don't – I think we saw the Jets play their game of the season last week, and I don't know how they go on the road in Seattle and, and score a lot of points in this matchup when we've seen Seattle kind of commit to the run the last several weeks. So I just think this is another low-scoring game for Seattle, so I'm going to go with uh, under 47. All right, very nice. Yeah, so – um, and it's funny you talk about the uh, the Chargers special teams there because if you are listening to the pod and I told you to check out my article that comes out every Thursday called Edge Factor where I give my favorite plays of the week for, for DraftKings DFS, 
my favorite, one of my favorite defenses of the week was the Patriots. And I said specifically in there how the Patriots are just, they have a massive advantage on the special teams side of the football. And like James was just mentioning, the Chargers were just a disaster there. So, and that will lead us right actually into our DFS segment where we're going to give you a couple of our favorite plays of the week. And the first thing we'll do is I'm going to talk to you guys about a couple of my favorite stacks. Um, really interesting choices at the top with Patrick Mahomes at 8,100, Russell Wilson at 7,900 and Aaron Rodgers at 7,500. All three of these guys have obviously played tremendous this year. Um, at points, Wilson obviously has been, um, not as great as of late. And James just kind of talked to you how they've been leaning on the run a little bit more. Um, he thinks that game is going over, but I think that that is going to be the mindset of a lot of people. And I think that my favorite stack of the week is actually Russell Wilson, DK Metcalf, and Tyler Lockett. The Jets' past secondary is atrocious. It is a lot of undrafted free agent guys in there. Um, we saw that everybody, for like when the Chiefs played him, for example, everybody was kind of off of the Chiefs for some reason because they were such big favorites and everybody's like, oh, they're just going to just run the ball and kill the clock. Well, the way the Chiefs went out there and Mahomes absolutely shredded them and threw for four something, 400 something and four touchdowns or something like that and got up and then they then they kind of killed the clock in that sense. Um, I, I like the, the Seahawks to do the same thing. I think that's where the advantage is. Um, somehow the Jets' defense is not terrible against the run which is kind of shocking for just kind of in general how bad they are. Now, I don't know if firing Greg Williams does anything, but they are seventh in the league per DVOA, stopping the rush, and they're 32nd against the pass. Now, they might be so good against the rush because um, they're so bad against the pass and everybody just crushes them, but I really like I really like that stack this week. Um, as far as, and I'm going to keep my eye on the ownership, obviously ownership projections have not come out yet, but when they do, I'm going to be taking an eye on that. And I think that they might end up being kind of one of the lower, um, stacks of the game. AK, do you have a favorite stack that you've kind of looked at so far? I'm with you with the Wilson stack. Um, I might fade DK just to fade him. I think for some reason Lockett has a big game. Feels like he scores three touchdowns or no touchdowns. He's had two, three touchdown games this year. He really hasn't produced big numbers the last couple of weeks, and I kind of just feel like Wilson may try to get him going a little, little bit versus a bad Jets team. So I wouldn't be opposed to playing all three of them. I just personally am going to fade DK and just roll lock it and kind of just go with the hopes that they force him the ball and just try to get him going versus a bad team. Very nice. Um, I do think Taysom Hill is an interesting option down at 6,600 if you want to maybe pair him up with, with a Michael Thomas or something like that. Um, Devontae Adams is the most expensive receiver on the slate at $9,300. I'm going to play a lot of him. I think I like Ty- Tyree Kill at 85. I already told you I like DK. He's 84. I like Keenan Allen. He's 77. So those are the f- most four expensive, four most expensive guys. So obviously you're not going to be able to play anybody. I think that I really like Julio Jones at 6,600 against the Chargers um, in that in that second level. And I do think that there's some options um, that are a little cheaper on the you know down in the four five six k range like i said cd lamb is super interesting at 4800 against the Bengals. i like michael pittman at 5000 but i in that same game with julio i really like michael williams who's at 4700 dollars. so you know if you want to get a cheaper option in there you could be able to get him he's had seven five and nine targets the last three games and really hasn't had great matchups. Obviously the Patriots are who they are, but uh, you know, Buffalo, that's a tough matchup still had five targets. So I think that he, he could be an option. He's always seems to be a big play guy as well. So he'll, he'll get the air yards. He'll get some chances there. Um, As far as running back is concerned, Christian McCaffrey got banged up again with a thigh injury and he didn't end up practicing. He's the second most expensive uh, running back on the slate at $9,200. Delvin Cook is 94. Derrick Henry is 87. AK, do you have a lean at running back that you like this week? 
for the second week in a row, I like David Montgomery. Um, the Texans' rush defense is not that good. David Montgomery, the last two weeks, has been playing outstanding. And at 6,500, I feel like you're getting, once again, really good value with uh, David Montgomery out there. Yeah, David Montgomery is just getting so much volume as of late. Um, I, I don't I don't mind that call at all. Like you said, Houston defense is, is not good. So you can do, obviously, much worse there. I think Houston is actually the second. They've given up the second most fantasy points to running backs on the year so far. Um, somebody that I'm going to go back to who absolutely killed me last week, and again, it's in that Chargers game. If you don't want Mike Williams in there, um, I, I like Austin Eckler at seven thousand dollars he again he just gets so much volume in the past game um he doesn't find the end zone and get a ton of goal line work but joshua kelly the rookie running back for them he got kind of banged up at the end of their game sprained his ankle so he might end up getting more work there but he just gets tons of targets in the games that he plays he just gets so many targets um 11 16 9 that's 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 wide receiver one type volume so i like him at seven thousand to get all those all those catches um there but uh make sure if you if you're looking for some more plays um make sure you're checking out my article that will be coming out on thursdays um called edge factor where i go through and i give my two of my favorite plays at each position each week ak you got anything else before we move on are you good with the DraftKings? i was just gonna say if you are playing multiple lineups and you want to take a cheap flyer wide receiver um mvs for green bay i feel is a Decent value at 3,900. He's a boomer bus player, but as much as Rodgers draws teams off sides, you might be able to get MVS on a long touchdown. So for 3,900, if you're playing multiple lineups, especially if you have Rodgers as your quarterback, I think he has good value there. Yeah, I don't think that's a bad call either. You know, he is somebody that he might get three or you know three or four targets, but they're going to be those high high end targets where they're long down the field and possibly touchdowns but there is a ton of options I think ton of interesting options I think that Minnesota Tampa Bay game is super interesting with the passing option there and Brady and, and some of the pass catchers and I also think that even on the other side with Kirk Cousins Adam Thielen and Je- and uh, Justin Jefferson because everybody kind of has this stigma about the Bucks defense but they're 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 very susceptible in the past they've showed that the Rams and the Chiefs have both kind of tore them up in the passing game so I think that's a pretty interesting one too but let's talk a little bit about season long here so it is it is uh, playoff time for for most people I would say pretty much everyone at this point um, our home league that we're all in together it is the start of the playoffs and two of the three of us made it sorry AK you just missed out barely um, but we're going to talk a little bit about our favorite gets and our favorite regrets so um, and this is just strictly based off of who we drafted. And James, why don't we start out with who was your favorite get? Who was your favorite pick that you made in the draft? James, you there? AK, you there? Come here. All right. Um, we'll just go with you. Yeah, we'll go with you. All right. So my favorite get was DK Metcalf in the fourth round. Um, he's been balling out, out all year. Next year, he's probably going to be a first-round pick. So it's a little early. I took him probably right where he was supposed to be, but he outperformed his fourth-round pick. Now, my worst pick, I was debating between Mixon in the first round and Drake in the second round, and I'm going to go with Drake just because I took him a little higher than I maybe should have. He's going to have a bigger year than he did. So obviously with Mixon and Drake, you kind of see why I missed the playoffs. I'm going to go with Drake as my worst pick just because even when he was healthy, he really wasn't performing up to a second-round level there. Yeah, I think that the, the DK Metcalf pick that you had um, is definitely definitely one of one of your better picks. What round did you say you took him in? I took him in the fourth. Fourth. Fourth round. So let's see. Why can't I see who was around him? Hmm. Interesting, but yeah, obviously Metcalf has been been a stud this year. He uh, he's definitely a good pick, and I the Drake thing so frustrating because I actually have Drake in in Dynasty too, so he absolutely killed me as well um, this year. Just not performing to what he did at the end of last year by any stretch of the imagination. Um, 
James, why don't we go with you? Still no James. Okay. Wait. No, hold. Wait. Yeah. I don't know what happened to James. He, he must have dropped out. Yeah. Must be some technical difficulties. That's okay. So I'll go with mine. So my favorite pick, and this is hard to say because it's it's probably Nick Chubb, and I got him in the second round, 15th overall, but he obviously missed a bunch of time with injury, but the time that he has been in there, he's been an absolute stud. So um, I think that, yeah, he's 16th for running back right now for, for points which is pretty crazy when you think about the amount of games that he's actually missed, which is he's missed four games. So, But he just produces week in and week out. That is for sure. He's got five games over 100 yards. He has two multiple touchdown games. He's got seven touchdowns on the year. So he averages, um, he averages well, he's projected for 14 again this week, so... He's just been, he's averaging 16 points a game, which is outstanding. So he's definitely my favorite pick. And then my biggest regret is third round pick DJ Chark. Uh, Chark, I thought I had so such high hopes for. He played so well last year with Gardner Minshew and had all these deep targets and was catching all these deep passes. And I don't, I think the talent is there for him. I just don't know if he's got the quarterback, consistent quarterback play to kind of help him out you know he's had some games too where it's he had an eight tar you know an eight reception 95 yard two touchdown game he had a seven reception but only 45 yards then he had a seven reception 146 yard and a touchdown so the, the the inconsistency for being a third round pick was just way too high he's also missed two games this year so that makes it pretty tough um i do think that mike lennon surprisingly and shockingly enough has actually kind of helped him um, from what was going on, I don't know. I guess we'll see maybe going forward because, like I said, we're in the playoffs, so we're going to need our guys performing at the highest level for sure. So, uh, James, you're you're pretty quiet, but we can kind of hear you. No, can't hear you now. Nope. All right, so we had Nothing some. No, so we got we had some tough technical difficulties from James. Um, he dropped out on us, but that's okay. I'll just go through what he said was his favorite favorite pick, his favorite get, and that was uh, Kyler Murray in the fifth. Um, obviously, Murray had, had perform has been performing outstanding this year, and I think he was, and I don't know if he still is the best player at his position. Are you guys, any better? Oh, there he no. is. Right, perfect. Sorry about that. Technical That's all right. Difficulties. Yeah, so my favorite pick, Kyler Murray in the fifth. Um, he's he's the quarterback four on the season right now. I think he was trending in a better direction uh, before the injury a few weeks ago. Uh, even with the injury, he has 10 quarterback one games on the season, which is tied for uh, first overall with Rodgers. And then um, my, my regret is I took Zach Moss in the sixth. I think it was just kind of the way my roster was constructed. I wanted uh, another running back, and I thought going into the season, Buffalo would kind of uh, give him a lot of red zone carries and, and take away from, from Josh Allen a little bit to preserve him. Uh, we haven't seen that pan out really. With either running back, there, there really isn't much of a run game there. So uh, he's not even on my roster at this point. So I'd say that's probably my biggest regret with an early pick. Yeah, I think those are definitely all those picks make sense from us. If you guys had a lean, and we're going to put you on the spot, and all the guys, we're going to make sure that they listen to this. Who do you think wins our championship this year? James, you can go first. Oh, boy. It's hard, it's hard, to, uh, it's hard to bet against myself. Um I did not get a first-round buy, so Carl and Justin with the first-round buys. I don't know. I said before, I think it's Dan's year. Dan's Dan's got a hot team. I think his roster is pretty loaded. So he's got Justin Jefferson, Travis Kelsey, Deshaun Watson. Uh, drawing a blank on some of the other big-name players of this team. What's that? Michael Thomas, uh, A.J. Michael Brown. Thomas, Brown. Somehow Patriots defense scoring 50 points a week for him. <laughs> Don't even get me started on that. Um, I don't know. I just think his team's going to get hot. So I, that's that's. If I can't pick myself, I'm going to go with Dan. 
All right, AK, what about you? I am going to go with James Fish. I think Justin's going to lose in the first round. I think your team is trash, Justin, because he beat me this week and knocked me out of the playoffs. So he is a bye, so he can't, can't lose in the first round. First round he plays in. <laughs> Fair He's enough. Losing. And I, if Carl wins, it doesn't count because it's COVID year. That's true. Asterisk. Always. That's going to be the we're, – we might put like eight asterisks on, on that for, for Carl if he ends up winning. So Carl, he he ended up having the most points on the year, um, and it's it's so annoying because Carl, I hope you listen to this and, and realize how much you complain about having the eighth overall pick and how much you hated it, and then you score the most points and get the first seed. Patrick Mahomes, Dalvin Cook, Antonio Gibson, that hurts him quite a bit with him being out. Melvin Gordon, Adam Thielen, Keenan Allen, Eric Ebron. So he's going to have to play either Ronald Jones, probably Ronald Jones it looks like at running back. This week. Yeah, but if Gibson could be back because he's getting the first round by. That's true. So that's true. Gibson will be back. I guess if I ha- like James said, if I can't pick myself, I guess I'll just I'm pick. Take yourself anyways. <laughs> Dude, my team is loaded. My my team is loaded. I don't know how, but somehow it's actually not terrible. Um, no, nah, I guess I'll go with Carl, just because he just leans so much on Mahomes and Cook that, and the, if those guys go off, it's so hard to beat him. Like. Cook gets 38 carries and 130 yards and three touchdowns and five catches. It's it's tough to beat that when one guy is scoring 50 points for you. My biggest issue, Minis- right? What are you going to say, James? Oh, go I was just going to say quickly, Minnesota is a team that there's just three players that get the ball. It's Delvin Cook, Adam Thielen, and Justin Jefferson, and Carl has two of those players. Yep. They do not give the ball to anybody else, unlike a lot of other teams that you see spread the ball around. So I think I think Carl has that going in his favor. Yeah, and I we talked about the Ravens being a nightmare fantasy wise. The Vikings are like a fantasy dream because you know exactly where the ball's going. There's no question about it. It's not going to be like, oh, this week it's going to be you know Chad Beebe getting 30, 30 catches or something. No, nope, it's going to be Justin Jefferson, Adam Thielen, and Delvin Cook every single week. So that does make it pretty easy as far as fantasy is concerned, but. It'll be interesting to kind of see how it plays out. You just got to get hot. Um, you know, that's just that time of year. You just got to get hot. Get healthy and get hot. And my, my issue right now is Russell Wilson has going in the wrong direction for me. Um, he was cooking, obviously, at the beginning of the year. I got him and Lockett as kind of a little stack, and they haven't been. And I know you're going to kind of do the same thing, James, with Kyler Murray, is we've both had those guys who've been, been awesome. And then the, the last few weeks they've kind of been tailing off on us. Yeah, what do you think of this, AK? I was t- I was talking to Justin. I was like, am I crazy for thinking about not playing Kyler Murray at New York Giants this week? Um, let me check. Who's your backup? I, ben, ben Roethlisberger. Against the Bills. I'm gonna Let's play talk. Kyler. I think uh, the upside. Kyler. The upside's yeah. there. My justification is the Cardinals need to win this game, right? Like they. They're six, six and six. I think um, they can't lose. They can't lose this game. And the way they've been winning is he's been running the ball, and I think they've been holding him back from doing that because he's injured. And I think at this point, you got to do what you can to win the game. So I'd like to see him run the ball a little bit more. I think the offense is a lot better when he does that. Injury or not, I, I, I don't know. I I just like the upside more than than Big Ben. So yeah, Tyler has more of an upside there for you. Hopefully, he's healthy. That's uh, that's a tough spot for you with both those guys. I need Derrick Henry to score like forty points to to kind of counterbalance that. He seems to do that against the Jags late in the year, so I think you have a pretty good chance, to be honest. He had he had twenty five for eighty four in week two versus Jacksonville. That worries me a little bit, but it's also December football, so I I think he he should go off. It's Derrick Henry football, baby. It's his time that's of the right. year. It's his time of the year. Look at the carries that Henry gets, 19, 28, 27. And then, obviously, he got scripted out a little bit in Cleveland with only 15. But, dude, the volume that that guy gets, that's just – that's amazing. That's amazing. Yeah. He had his least least amount of carries last week against Cleveland with 15, and that was pretty much all game script. And, you know, that's – 15's not a terrible week for a lot of running backs. So. <laughs> no, that's, that's most – RB1s, that's about what they get. They get about 15 carries and about three or four targets. He just – he usually doesn't even get the targets, but he gets 25-plus carries. So it's just wild, wild to see. Um, 
yeah, fun, fun. We do also do the Dynasty League together. That that's wrapping up. That's a lot of fun. A um, little different format. Most points there. So a lot of good stuff. Looking forward to. I'm sure as everybody knows with the fantasy, you know, your playoffs and everything. So good luck and all that. We've had a lot of fun, and uh, I can't wait to see. Hopefully, hopefully, me or James takes it down. So at least we can talk about it on the pod. You know, but let's go to Survivor, James. You are living on the edge we talked about the greg williams christmas card that you're going to be sending them um yep. who, who never a doubt, never raiders, a doubt. Over, raiders over the jets last week hopefully it gets a little bit easier for me this week i talked about my strategy a few weeks ago and i'm sticking with it so i'm going with seattle over the jets this week we have the jets traveling to seattle I just don't see Seattle losing this game. So hopefully, my, my logic here is hopefully a lot of players in this Survivor League have used Seattle already. Last week, I, there's nine teams left, and I think last week six of the, the teams picked the Raiders or the Jets. So um, I don't expect to see that this week with Seattle. So that's that's my pick. I like it. I like it. Very smart. All right, guys, let's let's finish the show like we do every single week. I know this one's been a kind of a little bit of a longer one, but a lot of fun, a lot of stuff to talk about, and we're going to finish it with our beers of the week. AK, what do you got for me? I'm drinking Mountain Ale from the Shed Brewery. It's a brown ale, but it's a 7.4%. So if you like brown ale and want to have a high percenter, then this is the beer for you. Very nice. James, what about you? I'm going to go with another New England IPA, Shocker. Um, this one's called Too Juicy by Two Roads. Uh, it's an 8.2 ABV. Very nice, very nice. And after we have a 7.4 and an 8.2 or whatever it was, we're going to drop all the way down to a 5.2, and I'm going to give you Rohrbach Griddle Cakes. Um, it is like a blueberry pancake maple syrupy type beer. It's not something that you can probably sit down and drink a ton of but i definitely think it is got some great yeah it's got some great flavor to it um and i I, for some reason it reminds me of like christmas time i don't know why maybe the maple syrup i guess but um can you get it this time of year i don't think so roebrock's funny kind of how their releases work and when they do they're tough to keep track of to be honest but it's one of their special releases and it's it's really good i i like it quite a bit but I think they did a really good job with the flavor. It's like very spot on. Yeah, exactly, exactly. And it's another one that's, you know, in the area. So got to love that. But uh, all right, James, why don't you tell everybody where they can find you? I'm at Fitchy24 Action Network and Twitter. AK? Kenny Trulove on the Twitter and AK underscore B-O-B on Action Network. All right, and you can find me on Twitter at jdiz1617 or at ballinover. Um, we always got the tweets going out for that kind of stuff. Make sure if you're liking what you're hearing, if you're if you're listening to the pod, um, interact with us on Twitter, share it around, like it, tell your friends, tell your family. Make sure you're going over to Borderfield Sports where you can find all my articles. I got Edge Factor for DFS and some other stuff, all the NFL content we got going on over there. We also have NBA stuff, PGA, we got it all over there. So make sure you're going on and checking all that all out. And uh, we appreciate you guys being here with us. Let's go make some money this week. We're hot fire, and we're going to keep it going. We'll talk to you next time.